0: Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Perception 101. This is the second episode of the season, Hardwired. In this season, I discuss with my guests certain aspects of various topics which shouldn't be stigmatized anymore and everyone should be educated about because the society needs to understand that removal of stigma around such topics is important for the coming future. Before we start the episode, a small request to all the listeners. Follow Perception 101 on Instagram and Facebook. My podcast episodes are available on various platforms, the links of which can be found in the bio of my Instagram account. Also, do DM me with your reviews, I would really appreciate that. And do share my episode if you find it helpful. Now let's get started. Every human being has their own journey. I believe Generation Z has come a long way and has seen changes like no other. One of the biggest changes that is still to come in India is the removal of stigma around menstruation. We all have seen how talking about menstruation in our houses is not normal at all. I mean we weren't even taught about menstruation in the first place. And when we learned about it in schools, we weren't actually taught or explained about it as a natural thing to happen in a female human's body. But it was explained as if it was something to be ashamed about or it was something that shouldn't be talked about. So in this episode, we are going to talk about menstruation and the stigma around it. What people experience, how sensitive this topic is, what changes have come and need to come and how and why talking about it should be normal. So for this episode, Perception 101 has collaborated with an amazing blog page, My Vagina, My Right, run by Ms. Ragini Baudulay. Ragini has actually worked on the ground level for educating people and spreading awareness about sexual and reproductive health and hygiene. Hi Ragini, welcome to my podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Samar. Hi, this is Ragini Bordoloi. My warmest greetings to the listeners. To give a brief introduction about myself, I am a sexual health and rights blogger based in Assam. I started My Vagina My Rights digital platform that discusses female sexual health, rights and menstrual hygiene in 2018, with a goal to initiate uncomfortable conversations regarding the female anatomy and sexuality. Women feel so ashamed to even talk about basic things like their normal bodily functions, which renders them unable to even seek medical advice. With a view to dislodge the stigma associated with genitalia and female sexuality, I started compiling medically verified and evidence-based information on female sexual health and menstrual hygiene in order to educate and provide stigma-free information as well as to create a community. And I am happy to say that now we have become a community of more than 1,400 people Comprising mostly comprising of teens and young adults within the age group of around 14
0: to 25. That is so great! You are working for such a wonderful cause and congratulations for having reached such a great goal. So before we start, I would really like to ask you a very personal question, which I hope you don't mind answering. What has been your experience around menstruation? How has it affected your life? I am sure a lot of women listening would uh, relate to it in some or the other way
1: well I had my menarche at the age of 12 and no one had talked to me about periods before like it was completely a uh, shocker so I remember everything that happened that day and it's an interesting story which I would like to share and I think that will give give everyone a background uh, background to like what what I, why I do what I do right and it kind of, yes, it, it was a life-changing moment for me. And I'll you'll know why eventually. It so happened that when I had my period, like, or, or I thought I did, my mother was on her third day of period, alright? So I went to the bathroom after she did. And just as I finished peeing, I saw a trail of blood on the toilet floor, alright? I shouted and my mother rushed in. The tension and confusion in the bathroom was so palpable I could remember every little detail even today. The question in everyone's mind was, was it my period blood or my mother's? My father, father suggested to wait for some time to make sure whether I was really menstruating. My mother however felt with firm conviction that it was mine and didn't want to take any chances. She promptly informed the female neighbors and the menarche ceremony ensued. I was given a separate haymet to sleep on. I ate raw food for 14 days and followed every custom, all that while without bleeding a single drop. I got my next period, maybe it was my real period, right? Because I, I didn't menstruate for a year after that. And uh, no one bothered to talk about it. It made me realize how period customs, with all its impracticality and logical invalidity, is just a continuity of tradition. It has nothing to do with my health and well-being, as it claims to. My period story stands as a testimony to the fact that even when you don't follow menarch rituals, you don't become sick or infertile or a degenerate. My menarche ceremony was completely fake, and I still continue to be a healthy menstruator. I think that episode in my life made me more perceptive of the fact that most people do all of these bullshit out of fear that something bad will happen to them if they don't do, you know. That motivated me to challenge the stigma associated with periods and start the conversation
0: not having someone to talk to or someone who actually makes you understand about menstruation can be so confusing and you went through that that can actually you know that can surely be a life-changing situation for anyone and it was for you as well and it's so great how you took the step to challenge the stigma and are continuously working on that you actually made the whole situation as an opportunity to work on things and you know do this wonderful work that you are doing right now But many of us actually don't even know what causes menstruation in a woman's body, how it affects a woman's body. It would be great if you could throw a light on that.
1: Let's use a more gender-inclusive term while talking about menstruation, shall we? We will be using the word menstruator to refer to people who menstruate, henceforth, alright? So, what is menstruation? Hmm to explain it in very simple terms it is the monthly discharge of blood from the vagina one you know one might wonder why does it occur why does it return every month what purpose does it serve as soon as a person born with a female reproductive system reaches puberty that is around the age of 10 to 16 hormonal changes occur that prepares the body for pregnancy so every 28 days which is the average menstrual cycle, hormones make the eggs in the ovaries mature. Which means that if it comes in contact with a sperm cell now, the egg will be fertilized, right? Now these hormones also make the lining of your uterus thick so that the conditions are right for a baby to grow in case the egg gets fertilized. This lining is made of tissues and blood. Like almost everything inside our bodies, right? now if the contact between egg and sperm hasn't occurred the pregnancy doesn't happen right so your body doesn't need the thick lining in you, in your uterus it's useless now it has to be thrown out of the body so the lining starts to break down and the body and the tissue flow out of the body through the vagina that's it that is what we call menstruation now there are a lot of changes happening inside your body during this cycle and it will cause several symptoms to show up. For example, premenstrual syndrome, commonly known as PMS, which is a collection of symptoms that some people get around the time of their periods, which includes headaches, body pains, mood swings, bloating, sore breasts, among many other symptoms. While some people can have an easy time dealing with periods, it can be very tough for some. Everybody has different needs.
0: If only schools explained menstruation as you did. I mean anyone would easily understand about menstruation after listening to how you explained it. And I can't even imagine what you have been through and what most of the women go through. The pain, the emotional and physical wearing out and still working without even asking for help. In the past few years all I have understood is we men have nothing to do. But be supportive to them when any woman in our lives go through menstruation. I know I'm a male human, but I guess we males have a different experience with menstruation as well. In my house, we only have one female, that is my mom. Since our childhood, me and my brother have seen that my mom used to you know sleep away from everybody in the house. We couldn't touch her or go near her, or even she used to have you know different utensils to eat from. Like she's some person which who has some kind of disease. I don't know why at that time this happened, but as I grew up, I understood that there's a belief that when females menstruate, there are you know they are achoot, like they are some person who have you know the, some disease or when we touch them, they uh, you know will also become untouchable or something like that. I don't, I really don't know why this practice is still being followed in a lot of households. But I'm happy that it doesn't happen in my house anymore. My mom still doesn't go in the kitchen but that's all because, you know, she doesn't have to work at that moment. That's the only reason I can think of and I think is the valid reason for someone not entering the kitchen while, you know, they are menstruating. Yes, of course.
1: Non-menstruators should learn to be better allies by educating themselves about menstruation and providing support. Anyways, since you mentioned about period myths, let's focus on that. So, even though menstruation, despite being such an important and integral part of the human experience, something that makes life possible, menstruation has been needlessly shrouded with a cloak of stigma and superstition for generations. This erroneous notion that period blood is dirty or polluting gave rise to period myths that are still prevalent today. These myths are based on superstition, and apart from being incorrect, they also reinforce restrictions on women and perpetuate gender-based discrimination. These myths make it extremely difficult for menstruators to talk about periods. The stigmatization leads to shame, making the discussion on menstrual practices and hygiene extremely difficult to conduct. Some of the common myths are... uh, And it's very funny, brace yourself. If you touch a pickle jar while menstruating, it will go bad. If you touch plants, they will die. You are supposed to sleep separately. You must not touch anything or anyone. And if you do, you have to like, you know, purify it with water. Um, And then you're supposed to avoid public places. You're not supposed to wash your hair. Exercise the strict no-no, sex and masturbation as well. It's absurd, right? I don't know. Dislodging the stigma and busting these myths is so important. We cannot take the conversation forward if we do not do this first. It's the most integral step.
0: You're actually right. The myths have been followed and practiced because they have been passed from generation to generation. It's actually our generation that has started to ask the question, why? And have understood that asking questions is not actually disrespecting, you know, people. But why have we, you know, begun the talk on such an important thing, such an important topic only since the last two decades?
1: Well, the simple and the direct answer is that we have more information now. There have been numerous scientific researchers that have thrown light on matters that we had no idea about a few decades ago. Everything our ancestors did, whether as a preemptive measure or whatever, no matter how absurd it was, was a fear based response. We must acknowledge that we fear what we do not know. You will start fearing your own body if you do not have any idea of what is happening. In this day and age of smartphone and super fast internet connection, it's natural to be a skeptic and try to look at everything from a rational lens. But we must acknowledge that, given the vast digital divide in India and the fact that parents and teachers refrain from talking about menstruation, it is only a few privileged ones who are getting exposed to scientific approach and progressive thinking. Period myths are still rampant and deeply entrenched in the minds of people in India. These myths have become synonymous to cultural norms now and that has made matters more difficult.
0: I agree with you totally. I mean it makes complete sense. Education wasn't that appropriate for even me around such a topic because of which I learned and understood about it so late. Thanks to you and other women who have started to ask questions and have understood about sexual health and reproductive rights which has in turn made a lot of us also understand a lot of things. So I know a lot of people you know, who are working for this cause in and around different aspects of menstruation. Everyone has their own driving factor, you know, like uh, if you ask me what my driving factor is uh, to start this podcast, I would say that it is because I want to bring a change by trying to make people understand, you know, inform uh, and talk about such topics that I choose. So what's your driving factor? Like what drives you?
1: Well, you know, when I talk to people, I can see doubt in their eyes. Literally. Like whenever I talk to people about menstruation or sex, even though they are very re- reluctant to listen to me, I can see the doubt in their eyes. I feel that deep, deep within themselves, they know these myths and superstitions are baseless and don't make much sense, but they are just not able to voice it out loud because they fear social repercussions. What kya bolenge? Will they boycott me? Will they look down on me? My job is to give them the confidence to reject orthodoxy and regressive thinking without fearing judgement and I think this thought motivates me every single day and this is what propels me to do what I do.
0: This whole thing can be so challenging for you and yet you don't back down, it's just amazing. Okay, so let's move on to the next part. I've heard a lot of my female friends mention time and again that there is an app to keep a track of your, you know, of one's period cycle. Why is it important to keep a track?
1: As I have already said before, everybody is different and as everyone's menstrual symptoms are different as well. While it is easy for some, it is difficult for some. So tracking your period can help to arrange your schedule according to your cycle so that you can allot that time of the month to rest it's also helpful for people who are on birth control. Also, it's a healthy practice to track the menstrual cycle, so that one can track the changing physical and mental changes and take better decisions for their bodies and themselves.
0: Okay, that's enlightening. There are so many taboos and so much stigma around such a natural thing and it's all because people didn't use to uh, you know, ask questions or try to understand what to believe or not to believe. I guess here comes the part where, you know, we were having that conversation the other day. I mean, the way we are talking about it or a lot of other people are talking about it today, that wouldn't have happened if talking about menstruation was not a taboo. There was no hushes around it. What do you think? When should, you know, when should uh, this conversation actually happen? At what age?
1: First and foremost, the most important aspect is body literacy. Teach children about their anatomy. If they know what their liver is, they should also know what their vagina or penis is, right? Don't stigmatize anatomical terms. Don't label it as a vulgar word. This is the first and the most crucial step. Start talking to them about menstruation in simple terms. Do not ignore their questions. Explain it to them in their own words. For example, take a child, um, hey. Like you go to pee-pee and poo-poo every morning to expel waste from your body. Mummy also expels blood from her vagina every month. It is a hole that lies between your pee-pee hole and a poo-poo hole. In women and in most women. You know, by, by saying most women, you also give them a chance. You, you leave the space to talk about transness, right? Um, yeah, you, can, you get my point, right? There should be no shame involved in this process. And once menstruators stop behaving like dirty aliens whenever they are menstruating, when they eat dinner together in a table with the family, menstruation becomes just another normal bodily process. Just treat it as something normal. Nothing bizarre or extraordinary, just normal. This way, the kids and the men both get accustomed to the idea of periods being normal and the education becomes much easier after this.
0: I completely understand what you said and agree with you. All these points you mentioned, if done, you know, it can still make a lot of change. It can make things so much better for the coming generations. And I guess including the menfolk of the house in the conversations would also have a different impact like educating the menfolk of the house at a young age about menstruation and how Sensitive it is, and how to be around a menstruator when they are menstruating, etc. All of these points, if worked upon, can be you know really, really, really bring a huge change. Even Zomato, being such a big company, took a bold step during this pandemic, announcing a new paid period uh, leave policy for employees, which is not common at all among large global companies. It actually allowed up to 10 days of period leave a year and it also applies to the transgender employees. I think this is a great step.
1: Absolutely. We need more such policy changes so that we can make workplaces more gender inclusive and make it possible for all bodies to coexist. However, we also need to make sure that these reforms benefit not only upper-class women exclusively in corporate jobs, but also working class women and unorganised labourers. It needs to be more intersectional.
0: Okay, so after our whole conversation, I think that one of the biggest things, you know, that has an effect on menstruation or the things that we have talked about, which surround it, is privilege. I mean, a lot of the women, uh, you know, a lot of women are privileged enough that their parents are open to talk about menstruation or the society they live in doesn't consider talking about menstruation as a taboo. I mean, you get the point, right?
1: Definitely. We must acknowledge our privilege. There are so many people who do not have access to basic sanitation, clean water, menstrual products and health awareness. We need to make sure that these conversations reach the marginalized and the poor. We need to urge the government to conduct awareness campaigns especially in rural areas We need to ensure that people have access to better facilities so that every menstruator can bleed in dignity.
0: That's absolutely right. I mean, people need to understand that if one is privileged, they can actually help educate other people about so many things because we get access to so many things that other people don't at all. Education being one of the most important part of it. So guys, this is it for this episode. Ragini, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest and helping me, you know, do this episode. It was actually enlightening for me as well. And I hope our listeners understood our perspectives too.
1: Thank you for having me here today. It was really great sharing my insights. Well, so far we have established that the stigma and shame associated with menstruation not only leads to internalization of that shame, but it also makes it very difficult for menstruators to access information and health services. I think the only way forward is to ensure that the stigmatization be dislodged, the taboos addressed and myths busted. And for that we need to include comprehensive sexual education in our school curriculums, we need community interventions, we need to start Talking about it in our homes, with our elders, with our children. I think the greatest solution to this problem is to really start having uncomfortable conversations. Yes.
0: Thanks again, Ragini, for ending this episode in such an enlightening way. Guys, I hope you understood the perspective that we were trying to put out. And if so, please make people around you understand why it is important to remove the stigma around menstruation in India. Also make sure you follow my vagina my Rights on Instagram. Thank you so much. Next episode next Saturday. Take care.